welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the terrible films they'd rather forget. I am your host, Michelle, the owner and star of a burlesque club who never emerges from the shadows, even when she's on stage. And I'm Henry, the uh, Bob, Fo- Bob Fosse lawsuit that has to come at some point in the middle of this fucking... Uh, Christ. <laughs> and we're joined by a professional actor who's here to tell us about how this could have been done better, please. Yes. Oh my God. We've generous. That's a very generous term. Uh, yes. Hello. I, I am Alex. The beady eyes made beadier with the use of guy liner. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's what they call it. So yeah, um, yeah. So um, thank you all for having me. This is uh, I've got a lot of feels here. It's kind of like reunion vibes, but also mm-hmm. fangirling vibes because this is kind of a high school reunion for all of us. It's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting our old buddy in on our terrible mission to abuse ourselves every two weeks till the end of time. And I think this is especially apropos because, not to brag, but Alex and I won most likely to win an Oscar at Arcata High School. Oh, oh my God, you. I forgot Thank about that. Thank you for break. I have been waiting, honestly, like, okay, listen, it's been, we've had a hard year and it's been hard <laughs> to find like these pockets. I mean, you got to find those pockets of joy. Definitely, yeah. Where you can get them. And I have to say, this has been, just listening to y'all um as you know it's it's definitely brought some 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 joy and respite um after the year we've had just to have you know it just it's just nice to feel like i have my high school friends in the room with me while i'm making you know dinner like i don't even mm-hmm. have to uh. you know participate in the conversation just overhear you guys and the whole and so i've been like listening every week and i'm just like when are they going to talk about more about henry's acting career that's true we have we my, haven't really touched on your your career. brief but illustrious high school acting well actually not just high school kind of like your whole your whole pre-college high school time. and then one year of college until i really hated it and stopped doing it <laughs> until you got smart you found something else that you were also very good at and went that way and now one of us has a house <laughs> I'll give you a guess which one it is. To be fair, one of one of you lives in Brooklyn. That seems like a that's a high bar to clear. Buying a home in New York uh, City. New York City. If you strike oil, New York. <laughs> what? If you strike oil, you can buy a home in. New- if you strike oil a hundred years ago, you can buy a home in New York City. Yeah, you really should have. I am not. Bu- okay, but I have not bought. I am renting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, I'm just giving you and advice if you want to buy a home in New York City is to find a time machine, yes. go back 100 years, strike oil with Daniel Day-Lewis, and then you'll have enough money to buy a home in New York City. Yeah, if you think about it that way, and it's kind of your bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, your, your, your acting career is still going strong. You're still flexing that acting muscle. So I'm still, yeah, uh, you know, just hanging on by a thread, even though Broadway is, uh, you know, been sleeping for a year. I know, a full year now. That was surreal. Oof. A whole year. 
Um, but you know, theater's alive through Zoom and through burlesque. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's alive. It's alive so, and strong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pressure was on when, when Michelle was like, uh, we'd love to have you on the podcast. And I was like, oh my God, really? This is, I am so, this is all I've ever wanted this, this whole pandemic. And so there, and then she was like, choose the movie. And I'm like, well, the only movie I really want to share with everyone is Showgirls. Yes. And there isn't an Oscar winner in sight within that movie. There could have been because, <laughs> no, <laughs> Charlize Theron, Theron, how do we say her name? Was being, um, she was, uh, she was one of the top contenders. No. For the... Wait, for the yes. Jesse, for the Jesse Spano role? No. For, yes, Elizabeth Berkley. Um, yeah, she was... Wow. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, she was being considered. So it could have been, could have been great. That movie yeah, would have um, been a whole different beast. Holy shit. A whole Not different... Not a good I movie, but... No. I, I think it's also like... We can't be sure that if Charlize Theron had taken the showgirls route, that she would be Oscar winner Charlize Theron. <laughs> there is a chance that that turns her into Elizabeth Berkley. It could have gone either way. God, yeah. It's so hard to know. Oh, man. That movie. Yeah. But I just, I mean, who are we just saying? You said Kyle McLaughlin is in it, who I completely... I just lost that memory, absolved it from my brain. But Kyle McLaughlin's in it. He seems yeah. like someone who isn't likely to win an Oscar, but is the most likely to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. one day, maybe. I feel yeah. like Tarantino might, like, pluck him out of re-obscurity one of these days and be like, all right, let's give Kyle McLaughlin an Oscar. Yeah, David uh, Lynch might do something weird with him. Yeah. Right, right. Yes, and it was it's a Paul Verhoeven film, I believe, and, and Gina Gershon's in it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but you know, I I I picked the second best thing when I thought of. I mean, I did you know the whole thing of like looking at lists and like, huh, where do how do Henry and Michelle choose their movies? I'm like, ah, bad movie. The Oscar winners are in, and you know, I poured through those lists, and then I I don't know how I thought of it, but then I was just like, wait, there was that movie. That kind of, yes. it seemed really polarizing. Like, there were some people that were like, this is amazing. This is the best musical to hit the screen. Since Moulin Rouge. And it's all because I think Christina Aguilera, just with, like, you know, Lady Marmalade and everything. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but then there are some people, like, it was, then there are other people that are like, that was horrible. And I was like, actually, and, you know, while it's not an unprecedented 0%, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's it's still pretty far down there. I, it's a splat. And I will say that when you explore the internet a little bit and just use the words bad movie and burlesque, you're going to get a lot of listicles with, like, top ten worst movies. And it's been right up there with, like, The Room for people and, like, other campy <laughs> ones, like, from Justin to Kelly. Like, it really makes the list... I'm not saying it's deserving, but I think that it shot... So hard, high, like it's a huge budget. Yeah, it's completely star-studded, right. and they tried to pull out all the stops, and it ends up being showgirls light. So, I think it also so, has a like yeah. A I following. saw. Mm-hmm. We should say who this yeah. is for because yeah. I didn't real like I had forgotten that this person won an Oscar. It remains confusing to me. I mean, you know, okay. 
with your boy, baby Nikki Cage, I know. Side, by her side. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I had to rewatch Moonstruck just to, you know, for the just for the research. Yes. Um, yeah, Miss yeah. Cher. We're at, we're looking at Cher alongside Christina Aguilera in Burlesque. Cher, who won an Oscar mm-hmm. in late eighties. I don't remember what year. Eighty eight. Moonstruck. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yes. It was definitely 80s, at least early 90s Yeah, movie, and I was, yeah, and, um, and I also picked this movie because, fun fact, uh, Cher and I have the same birthday. Oh. Oh. Same year? Yeah. I, not, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Couple of, couple of Geminis, <laughs> eh? I, I am, I am 65 going on, I, uh, I thought there was, like, a Drew Barrymore never been kissed thing going on in our high school to have a... 40-year-old. <laughs> All this time. Yeah, yeah, I share a birthday with Cher. That's, that's a good so, birthday to share. If, if you mm-hmm. had asked me which of the EGOTs Cher lacked, right? I would have never, ever said Tony. Oscar would have been top of my list. Yes. Then like, oh, yeah, I guess she was like a serious film actress for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Not for long. Not for long. Because folks got over it pretty quick. But, like, for a couple of years. Yeah, it's actually, it's the most confusing that she hasn't, well, okay, clearly Emmy, because she spent so much of her time in TV. But, yeah, she, like, should have won a Tony at this point. Doesn't she have, like, a permanent residency at in Vegas? And that's, like, kind of her thing is just being mm-hmm. on stage. It right. seems like you could easily dovetail that mm-hmm. into into some kind of some accolades get in a good production right. it would not have been hard it, it's a pretty high bar no to but it made it hard to doesn't get will ferrell have a tony like they'll give a tony to anybody oh yeah because he was in what the producers i think he was in uh he did a one-man show about george w bush that i think was. oh right right uh, okay wow Cher's performance in Moonstruck was ranked first on Billboard's list of 100 best acting performances by musicians in movies, which is a hell of a list on its own. Uh, It's, I guess, thinking back, like, I guess it was good. I don't remember. I remember Nicolas Cage in the movie yelling that he lost his hand and that, like, that, that's the thing that stuck in my (laughs) mind. I just remember the snap out of it. And that's, like, that's the thing I remember the most. But I remember it being good. Alex, you just watched it super recently, right? Like a couple days ago? Yeah, like last week. And I was watching it thinking, I feel like I've seen parts of this when I was far too young to appreciate or understand or even just watch the whole thing. Um, but so I was like, I think like some of these parts seem pretty, you know, familiar to me. And then I, I finished and I was like, oh, I guess I watched the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, what I really remember is like, you know, baby Alex watching this is just like, you know, Nicolas Cage carrying Cher through the apartment. And they had just met each other. And I remember being very confused by it mm-hmm. and her being like, where are you taking me? And him being like to the bed <laughs> and, you know. Baby Axe being like, oh, the bed, that's where the magic happens. That's what, that's what grown-ups do. <laughs> Shouldn't be watching this. Mom! <laughs> <laughs> My tummy feels funny. Earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my tummy, but, but, but like behind it. <laughs> it's like a little lower. It's like a sneeze, but better. <laughs> oh, man. So... Anyway, but... Cher's career... So, but then... Like... 
Okay, yeah, it got worse after this movie, right? Or was it already kind of on a downward spiral? Because this this is pretty. Uh, I mean, this movie's recent. Like this movie's way more recent than I thought it was. Two thousand ten. I, I mean, two thousand ten. Still twenty ten. It's vintage at this point. Yeah. Like how much? How much could her career go down from here? Like that. W- it was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of yesterday. Well, it- it was kind of yesterday, but you know what was more yesterday, more recent, was Mamma Mia 2. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mamma Mia, here we go again. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I have a tick <laughs> where anytime I hear... Here we go again, or electric boogaloo. Anytime I hear a sequel and it ends with the number two, I have to say the whole na- title mm-hmm. with electric boogaloo mm-hmm. on the end. I just have mm-hmm. to do it in my head and usually out loud to just like, get it out of my system. You have to. Oh, oh, uh, Cher does appear in a film this year, uh, or last right. year, uh, as, a, as a bobblehead version of herself in the animated feature Bobbleheads the Movie, if you were curious <laughs> what she's done lately. I, There's a movie I'm called sorry, Bobbleheads what? the Movie? Bobbleheads the Movie 2020, yeah. Is it like Emojis the Movie? Yeah, effectively. I mean, it's like, oh my uh, God. picture the Lego Movie, but with, like, absolute body horror bobbleheads. Ooh, are... Uh, how creepy is that CGI? Let's take a look. How uncanny Yikes. is that valley? <laughs> Damn, they're like the Wikipedia rabbit hole doesn't go very far into this. You click on Bobblehead the movie and it just takes you to Bobbleheads. Hmm. Like the page of telling you what a bobblehead is. But it's already been released. Like, it said 2020. I mean, maybe it was one of those movies that like production. Maybe it going straight to video. Maybe it like got pushed back. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Uh, it's on Netflix. You could watch it on Netflix now. Fuck. Uh, and it does not look great. It looks. <laughs> it. Oh, there's the share bobblehead. Oh dear. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, I'm gonna oh, have to. Oh jeez. I'm gonna have so, to scope out. So this imagine warlock. that somebody decapitated share and then like plasticized her face and then put it on like a toy body, and you're picturing this exactly correct. Oh no. Let's just uh, take a look see and ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's not ideal. I don't like how smooth it is, but in general, <laughs> I don't like how fa- her face is getting too smooth. It's real yeah, smooth she's, though. It's... She's she's smoothed out for sure. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, and uh, then they smoothed her over even further for burlesque. Yeah. That's okay. Rough stuff. So so this fucking movie, huh? Uh, yeah, it's uh, so. It's showgirls uh, meets Moulin Rouge. That's my hot take. Well, but also like. Oh my god! It's so much more. <laughs> it's st- but like steals as much as it can from Chicago and cabaret, yeah. while managing to never even approximate a plot. Like <laughs> it's it's a barely a review. Like it's mostly a series of montages with with Christina Aguilera singing over them. It's a music like, video. It's, mm-hmm. It's a music. It's, it's a music not a video. Mo- it's not a movie, uh, right? So we should try to explain what the plot is, insofar as there is a plot. Uh, sure. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, so I, it just felt like, but you know, it, it was like it was like Moulin Rouge. I read some article that was like it's Moulin Rouge meets Coyote Ugly, and I'm like, no, there's yeah. like more stuff in there. It's like musical theater kids got in a room and it was just like, we want to do Moulin Rouge, but also cabaret, but also Chicago. And then we're going to steal some scenes from Showgirls and Devil Wears Prada. And hey, 
why don't we throw some references to Alice in Wonderland in there? Yeah, actually, in terms of it, where Devil Wears Prada, they actually just copy-pasted Stanley Tucci's character, his, his lines, Literally. his wardrobe, absolutely everything about him. And don't get me wrong, I love it. I'm here for the Tooch. I love Stanley Tucci all day. He's consistently delightful, Same. and I'll take him where I can get him. But they didn't, no work was done there. No. This movie, you got it right, Alex. This movie is like a fucking cinematic ransom note. Like, they've just <laughs> cut out pieces from other movies and glued them together and been like, movie? Is this movie? <laughs> yeah. It's, That's accurate. Yeah. It's also, like, the least acted movie I have watched yet. Okay. The plot could probably be summarized in, like... 20 seconds because there isn't really a plot do you want to take a crack at mm-hmm. it or would you like who's who's so i i mean i think it's like we could go we could summarize the plot or we could just like walk through this movie as it proceeds yeah let's because, just take like, our time it's, it's kind of better experienced as like a series of events that that are two hours long and do take place on screen yep. and so they are inside of a movie, but they're like to describe it as a movie with a plot would just be inaccurate. Like, woman joins burlesque mm-hmm. show and saves burlesque is the plot. <laughs> yeah, and says burlesque a lot of times. Dude, that's the drinking game, right? Just yeah. If... Oh my god, you'd be fucked up. And if burlesque, it's not burlesque. Okay, that was my question. I, I had to, I have to ask you guys, am I misunderstanding the nature of burlesque? Because to my knowledge, while it is not stripping, and, it, and they make it clear when, she, when Christina Aguilera enters the, the club that it is not a strip club, there is like a sexy kind of like vampy element to it, right? And this is yeah. this is just it's, pure. It's just a yeah. cabaret. This is just a cabaret. It's just they cabaret. Call it cabaret because there was already a movie called Cabaret. <laughs> because there's already literally cabaret. But hey, we'll steal the MC from Cabaret. But it's and not then cabaret. Barely no. use him. Criminally underuse him. <laughs> barely use him. I ugh, yeah. Well, but you know. <sighs> yeah. So many things. So many great cameos that are completely wasted. He had a whole number, by the way. Alan Cummings. Yeah. That was cut from the movie. Yes. Oh, really? Because they did have him do, like, an MC from Cabaret thing for, like, 30 seconds on screen with no explanation. Yeah, no, and his was the most yeah, fucking but, like, bonkers one. Him, exactly, and just introduce him as the, you know, uh, the, the ticket master. Yes. Um, yeah, the, like, effete bouncer slash ticket taker slash also MC who gets banana filleted on stage just the once, though. And smells uh, a lady's nether region and says, whew. The most right, and everybody laughs. Number. All the adults in the audience really, really enjoy. All it. twelve adults. Uh, they so, all, yeah, all twelve adults, all twelve featured extras that they feature multiple times, <laughs> laughing their asses off because you know that's what burlesque is supposed to be. Burlesque, Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> As an absurd or comically exaggerated imitation of something, especially literary or dramatic work, it's a parody, often provocative and comedic at the same time. Um, so, fun fact, I, uh, so I watched this on DVD 
because we rented it because we still have a movie store and mm-hmm. we still like to keep them in business. It's a beautiful so institution. You know there was a, um, huh? It's a beautiful institution, that uh, movie store in Arcata. It's it great. Is. It is, yeah, adult video. <laughs> um, and uh, there was a commentary available. Ooh. Wait, there's a commentary so for, this. for this? Yes. For this movie? Is it the, dr- the director's movie? commentary? Writer slash director, thank you. Oh, yeah, good job. Good, good point. <laughs> I mean, did yeah. very little work for either of them, so I think it is a job you could like feasibly have as one job for this movie. Or a true least. auteur. Yeah, I need to hear that. I don't want to put myself through this again, but we both, we, we all three know that I'm going to because I'm a horrible, yes. despicable human. Mm-hmm. I'll report back to home base. Um, Alex, is, is this it, why you texted eh. me the other day, do I own a DVD burner? No. <laughs> no, that's coming later. <laughs> that's uh, so, Alex, later. did you watch this with a director's commentary? I did, I did, and I'll give you the cliff notes. Oh my when, god! As we come to it, but okay. you know what a gift. First, I'd really love this tool. Yeah, and um, and bloopers, and <laughs> deleted extended numbers. Um, nothing to write home about, but you know there there's just some there there's there's some gold in those hills just because you know Stanley Tucci. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I he mean, is a treasure. What a so, treasure. Yeah, but um, I mean, basically, you know. <laughs> Going back to the twenty second, you know, summary. What is a small town girl moves? You know, has had enough. Moves to L A. and trips on this, you know, hole in the wall burlesque club. You know, begs for a job, wears them down. B storyline, clubs in trouble. Yeah, and they work it out. Yeah, yep. <laughs> they do work it out because guess what? <laughs> Air rights. Air rights. Air rights. Totally real, I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, I, we s- you know, legit, oh. I think it is. Oh, but, yeah? You know, I'm not a real estate agent. No, nor I. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we start, she's she's a, uh, she's a bartender in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she works with one of the most bored actors uh, <laughs> you'll ever meet. Yeah. I mean, the dialogue in this movie is a dry fart, like top to bottom, without like without interruption. Everybody seems like they hate to be there, but like, there's this. It starts with the exchange of, "So you're really going? Yes, I'm really going." Like just all in a monotone between Christina Aguilera and this like nameless, faceless actress, yeah. and mm-hmm. and then like she's suddenly singing on top of a chair with this like Chicago ripoff background dancer line. And, like, has a microphone oh inside the bar that she's, like, singing into in her empty bar. Uh, and then, like, splash cut, she's in Los Angeles. And the first thing I want to talk about is that at this stage in the movie, Christina Aguilera is, like, has the mind of a baby. Like, the number of things <laughs> I wrote down was, like, she stores all of her money in a toilet tank. Like, Christina, you, you know what a bank is. Like, use a, use a bank. That's where the money goes. And then she, like, gets a postcard, and then she tears it up and throws it out the window. Christina, use a trash can. Like, there's a, there's a trash can right there. And then she goes to the burlesque place and, like, decides she wants to learn burlesque. And so she goes and gets books to read about burlesque. They're all but picture they're just books. Picture books. There's no words in there. Was... It's just pictures of ladies. 
wrote that down too. It's just her. There's a montage of her spread out on her bed with so many books. Like, I hope she accessed the public library because the girl is tight on funds. And she's just got yeah, her hard, toilet money was hard book, hard uh, cover book after hardcover book that are all just zero text, devoid of text, just studying. <laughs> it's not even diagrams. Just, just pictures. Photographs of, of burlesque you know. dancers. She's just looking at fo- mm-hmm. still photos of Marilyn Monroe and like taking notes like, ah, okay. And then later comes at Cher with like a lot of ideas for the club because she's been doing research. <laughs> Oh my god. And in that and that scene also just you know oh my god, I had so much so much hope for that scene because you know she's all talking about because okay, all the the girls are are lip syncing, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're dressing up like they're in cabaret slash Chicago mm-hmm. and lip syncing to these, you know, musical numbers made famous by these burlesque dancers like, you know, Gypsy Rose, I don't know, her photo might have come across the screen at that montage at some point I don't know but she's talking about you know it's like what if we actually hear the girls sing you know and I was like oh great she's going to help the club find their voice no literally no and no nope. no her, her voice her, her very voice. loud voice her voice literally this her voice Cher is like all right in a movie it's like well because Mariah Carey got glitter and then Britney oh, Spears got crossroads and it was her turn yes Mm-hmm. Yes, it was her turn. Her turn. You know. So. Oh, man. I, so, yeah, she walks it. into this club, mm-hmm. which, okay, they're like, uh, they're like little trademark. I think it's written up on the wall is the, like, the only club with, like, no windows but the best view or something. Mm-hmm. And it's. It's, yeah, it's like in neon lights, like the best view on the Sunset Strip or something. The logistics of this tiny little club are baffling because once you're inside, it feels like you're looking at like, a, there's so many humans occupy that stage at any given time. It's an arena. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a Vegas stage. It's like multi-lev- multi-tiered, super crazy lit up. The club is like, I'm not going to say it's empty, but... Have you ever been to just, like, a little comedy club? And there's, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, like, yes. 12 polite tables and some, like, s- s- some some low-key <laughs> uh, applause at the end of every joke or number. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking at. This club doesn't make any money, and it never makes any money. And by the end of the movie, it still can't make any money. I don't yes. understand how it exists. Mm-hmm. It is a TARDIS. Uh, with, like, there's all, so she goes in and share is doing this opening number wearing this, like, three-ring circus ringmaster suit and also a ship's oh, uh, captain's hat, which returns in an interesting Easter egg uh, later. I want to talk about later. Oh, it does, uh, yeah. Singing Wel- Welcome to Burlesque, mm-hmm. standing like her spine was fused into a straight line yeah. with a rigidity that she does not abandon throughout the movie. and Cannot Christina, abandon, I would argue. What, cannot abandon, No. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> cannot, won't not. No. When, and then Christina goes to be like, how do I go to work here? Talks to this bartender. Uh, the bartender is like, are you flirting with me? No, you're not. doesn't matter. Uh, you need to talk to Cher. Mm-hmm. Here, hands her a business card and says, use my name. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I, 
I've spent a lot of time in bars across these United States of America. I have yet to meet a bartender that has a business card on hand behind the bar. Is that a, is that a thing? Here's the other part. It's for I the don't. club. He works at the club that the other person owns. So there's zero disconnect. There's no moment that might occur where she's going to like walk up stage and be like, Jack, the bartender sent me. Which Jack? Which bar? Where? The one downstairs. I'm going to need you know more him. information. <laughs> Who all those bar? Do you mean all those bartenders that look exactly alike? Like they're... Some fossy extras. A lot of eyeliner. There's a lot of jokes about how, a lot of comments made about how he is uh, going to be gay. How surprised she is that he's not gay because the eyeliner. They got real attached to that joke, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. Yeah. I think they just didn't know what to do with it. a lot of jokes. They didn't know what to do with that guy. A lot of lines. Sexuality and gender is not great. Uh, just, it's, I would say even by 2010 standards, not amazing. No. Uh, but, mm-mm. I mean, like, and it is, like, the gayest movie ever. So, like, just lean into it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean... Right, it's starring Cher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, like, Cher and, and Tucci, like... I mean, as straight actors go, he's as gay as it gets. Like, there's just... Mm-hmm. He mostly plays gay characters now. He basically does. Alan Cummings does a really weird... Na- yeah, it's just... It's the gayest movie, and then they make, they make a few weird comments, but um, basically it's just... Oh just my shitty God. writing all around. Can we around. just talk about, okay, weird comments. I mean, like, you know, related to just sexuality, but also, okay, like, one of Alan's first lines is, you know, when, you know, he's he's just insulted that um, Allie, Christina Aguilera's character, would even suggest this is, like, a strip club. And he's like... <gasps> The only pole you'll find on that stage is Natasha, the shot girl. Yeah. I was like, wait, hang on. I had to rewind that. Are they? Yeah. A, and that's some of the best writing. that there is a woman originally from Poland? Mm-hmm, yes. Polish descent, if nothing else. Yeah. I mean, like, oh when, that's, yeah. when that's some of the most clever writing that you'll see in the movie, though. Like, that's where we're, that's mm-hmm. where we're at. There are some lines in this movie that are shockingly lazy. In a movie that's pretty lazy top to bottom, there's some that are just, like, I mean, not even no work was done. Like, somebody had to go back and try to do less work to get to some of these lines. Uh, There are some Mm -hmm. good things. You know, like, we're introduced to Kristen Bell in the worst way. Yes. Because, like, immediately, like, a transphobic (laughs) joke uh, to introduce Kristen. Kristen Bell. Yeah. But then you do get... And she's, like, one of the two antagonists. Uh, the only antagonist who, like, in a sane scenario kind of is an antagonist. Uh, but then she does her burlesque scenes, and, like, they are pretty good. Yeah. Like, I'll give... That's, like, the first thing I had in this movie of, like, huh, that's yeah. that's actually pretty watchable. Uh-huh. That seems like kind of a fun thing. Mm-hmm. They don't stick to it, clearly. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, we're, so we're there, and then we, like, we shoot ahead to, uh, Christina Aguilera's place is broken into. Yeah. And they steal her toilet money. Oh my god, they stole her toilet money. Which just reads like a horror movie all of a sudden, you know? We got, like, the tilted Uh (laughs) angle 
from below and everything is just so the whole okay just the, the movie from the beginning i'm just like there's just a lot of awkward pauses <laughs> the pacing's crazy and yes it, it's just you know you know you see her in la you see her hit the streets with the backstage you know crossing out jobs that she auditioned for but you don't see and that was another error of the editor and um, <clears throat> and then happening upon this club where there's, you know, a dancer just, like, adjusting her stocking on the balcony and then called in. And I'm just like, this just reads like a student film where it's just, like, you know, a lot of pauses where, where they're just, just, you know, nothing's happening, nothing's being said, and then suddenly everything's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Then, I, you know, the choreographer comes on to set and it's just like, bop, 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 yeah. bop, and, and quick, like, you know, cuts it, da, 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 and, you know. It reads it's like. It's not moving at the speed of life at any point. It's just like. Just yeah, the tone shifts. reads like a pinter play and then, you know, <laughs> Chicago on speed. Yeah. Yeah. There's also some shit, like, when her apartment's broken into. Uh, like I didn't think her about the hotel room. Thing. I beg your uh, pardon. You're right. Her hotel room. She's also <laughs> like eight floors up. Like what? Mm. How does that happen a lot? That you're that like a random apartment in the middle of a building gets broken into well, and totally trashed, so they can steal your toilet money. It was like, her neighbors. You know what I was. You know what I was thinking, though? When they, like, did the exterior shot and she's staying at the Hotel Roslyn or something. I'm just like, okay, they're going to have her stay at the Hotel Roslyn because, you know, the other, you know, old hotel there that, you know, weary travelers can stay at is the Hotel Cecil, which I just, you know, wa- there was a murder duck on there. and that's, uh, It just seemed like a Skid Row-type hotel that she was mm-hmm. staying at. So then there might have been some parallels there. Like, you know, it's like, it's a cheap hotel that people stay at and, you know you know by the hour or by the day or they just live there so it's possible that's true you know there there are sketchy areas of of la as i understand it suppose that's true yeah yeah city of angels it's a lie (laughs) sorry i i'm throwing it up i knew this was gonna happen i was gonna throw in these explanations to try to defend (laughs) the writer and director and the actors for their choices i'm not saying it's a good defense but it's probably the only defense they had (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fair. But that's fair. yeah, her room gets broken into, and then how the hell does she know where everyone lives? Yeah, she's stalked every single person in this place for sure. Yeah, Ugh. and then wore them down in order to get a job. Like is exactly how you oh, want to get a job. Oh, no, exactly no, no, no. How you want to make friends? I know how she knows because she yeah she goes to uh to like stay with bartender, mm-hmm. and I bet mm-hmm. she knows where he lives. Because it's on his fucking business card. Oh, it's on his fucking card. That's That's the only way. Like, that's crazy. That's the most dangerous decision as a bartender, especially when you're interacting with all walks of life and so many humans. That guy's got to get his shit together. And he's he's not like a a fucking therapist who's hosting clients in his home. Like, why would you put... He's a bartender <laughs> slash piano player whose songs are never ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, That'll come back later. Yeah. yeah, he has a fiance, so he's off limits, I think. That's that's how they got away with... Uh, I mean, it's like a PG-13 movie, too, so they're probably like, I can't have any sex in this bad boy. How do we work around that? And that's how they worked around that. They can't. I'm sorry. What? They can't have any sex, and yet they have the most horny dance scenes. Yeah. It is. With, like, 
so much pelvic thrusting. Oh, I would man. say this movie's pretty horny. And what'd you say? I would mm. say this movie is pretty horny. Like, it's really horny. Scale, it's pretty horny. It's very lustful without a lot mm-hmm. of payoff. Yeah. It's very lustful. Um, you know. Yeah, so, so to my understanding... Christina Aguilera's ultimate goal while she's serving drinks at this bar, Patron only, by the way. It's only ever Patron <laughs> ever served and oh ever at all. Oh, Patron was a major sponsor of this movie. Like Had to be, because I heard Patron. Oh, no, no, like, for sure. Like, it's in the trivia. Like, put in a lot of money for product placement in this movie. <laughs> you heard it so many times. It's the only thing that stands out. So, like, the end-all, be-all of Christina Aguilera's rise to stardom after moving from the Midwest to the to the... Uh, Far west. Yeah, the <laughs> Silver City <laughs> is to be the premier singer at a failing burlesque club, <laughs> right? And then that is achieved yeah. like a cool forty minutes into the movie, mm-hmm. like yep. less than halfway. <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, actually, this movie's kind of coming al- going along at a pretty good clip. I'm having fun watching it, thinking it was like about to wrap itself up, and then I saw <laughs> that there was like oh, an hour left. <laughs> Yes. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So is it before or after uh, Christina auditions for the, the cabaret burlesque that Cher gives the, like, wooden pep talk to the pregnant burlesque dancer? Before. 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 Oh, okay. it's before. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, until this point, I'm like, well, Cher is in this movie and she's sort of, like, forgettable, but whatever. Like, she's in it. And then they have the scene where, like, there's this pregnant burlesque dancer and she, like, tries to give a pep talk. But, like, her acting, she's the first person we've done for this show that is truly awful in the movie. Like, she's acting like she just woke up. People are just handing her script cards and she's just, like, reading them like she's never seen them before. It's, it's comical. Like, she is fucking plainer flat in every aspect of this movie it's wild yeah i I mean there are a few according to the commentary yeah go ahead oh i was gonna say there's a few glimmers of me really enjoying Cher's performance and it's anytime she has a back and forth with the stanley tucci's character and it feels like it may have been ad-libbed because to my understanding Mm -hmm. there were there was like a like a lack of writing and i've alex you'll know better than me because you listen to the commentary oh my gosh no I am just, I'm just holding it back because you are both, like, according to the commentary, y'all are both right on the money. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically, so the writer-director, I I mean, we're still going over plot, but basically, like, it's, Cher was also, you know, in the middle of her big Vegas show. Yeah. So, scheduling was a nightmare you know they were all shooting for like a month or a couple months before she could come on set and it was basically like you know the the director being like yeah she would uh she would get the script and we'd rehearse for like an hour four to five minutes and then we'd shoot oh shit and and he'd be like and it was amazing i mean they're just they're said they're they're great and yes she's a consummate professional but you know she was clearly tired i think at one point to the blooper she's just like it's okay i don't have anything else in me but she does. Right, she okay. seems Let's exhausted. Go. Let's go again. She seems exhausted. And there were, exa- yeah. And there was a lot of, um, and there was a lot of ad libbing too. You know, 
just you know, the actors being actors, um, you know, and improvising, and him and the uh, writer director uh, Stephen um, Anton just being like, that was perfect, that was great, and then being like, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So like following the movie, Cher Cher hated it, but she especially hated Steve Anton is the director, um, and she especially hated yes. what he did. And she has a quote. She was like, oh, he's a terrible director, really terrible director, and really terrible oh. script. I remember him saying to me, I don't care what you say. I just want to shoot the dance numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and then a different, and oh she, was, she said, it, had it had been a shorter movie, it would have squeaked by and been a really good popcorn movie. But she was bummed that it did so badly because it was just so shitty. So, like, good on Cher for at least knowing, but, like, yeah, it feels so phoned in in terms of the writing, too. Like, I think that maybe everyone got downtrodden on that set, and she was just like, fuck it. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so sad to hear, because, like, you know, hearing Sean Anson's commentary, he just, all he could talk about was just, like, oh, just, he was just so grateful for all the, you know, professional actors he had to work with, and it was, like, you know, first time, well, he's, he kept saying he was, like, first time director, he's not, but... He kind of is. He's he here are the things directed, he, like here are the things he's directed. He, he's directed a Pussycat yep, Dolls it. video. His sister's in the Pussycat mm-hmm. Dolls. Mm-hmm. He also directed a Pussycat yeah. Dolls halftime show at the Super Bowl years ago, and he directed a mm-hmm. a horror movie called Glass House: The Good Mother. So I I think it's fair to call him a first yeah. time director. It's fair. Yeah, that's he a lot of Pussycat Dolls content. Music. A last time director. Yeah. yeah. He so, only directed music videos and that shows. Um, I think but, great. you know, and then there are all these scenes where there are these actors, like, you know, crying, and he's just, like, so impressed. I'm like, yeah, they're probably crying because they were just exhausted. They just <laughs> wanted to go home. Yeah. You know, I can, you know, I I can cry, you know, if, uh, you know, if, if I'm just on my last leg and, you know, it's, it's there. It's not, it's not hard. <laughs> more high kicks, ladies. You don't get to go home until you do a dozen more high kicks. Yeah. I was working him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, like, in the first mm-hmm. half of this movie, Cher also, like, just hates Christina Aguilera. And there's never a justification for it. No. She, like, won't let her audition. She won't talk to her. Uh, and it's just, like, there's nothing to it. Yeah. No reason. I don't know. I could come up with a couple reasons. Let's do it. I'll, I'll take it. I'd like to better understand this movie. I mean, just, you know, she's... Christina Aguilera comes into the bar and she's just she's a, immediately a lingerer. Yeah, she was immediately. <laughs> you know, she she's, she lingers, man. She's she's at the bar lingering, you know, and she's just like, I can't afford to pay, but if you're buying a shot, and he's like, Oh, okay, you're not buying. You're clearly new in town. Here's a here's a shot, and hey, give him my card. And she's like, Oh, okay. And then she's immediately giving the owner of the club a pitch while she's at her dressing table yeah. like i would i would be like i'm sorry who is this person why are you in a club and why are you trying i'm sorry yeah I'm backstage working. during Please the production don't yeah, give no, me fair. your resume right now true that's fair. true that's fair. and she's from and you know she's oh. like little like i okay is christina aguilera's hair real it can't be real she's wearing a crazy wig right in this movie Oh my god! I mean, there are a couple of wigs. I, as she wears a lot of wigs. Yeah, is there wig inception here that she's wearing a wig and then there's a wig put on top of her? I wig? think I think <laughs> we're dealing with multi level wigs in this scenario because the wig, the hair that she's got this whole movie. I mean, that might be reason enough to not want to let her on stage. She's she's rocking like a like a late eighties Valley Girl look that's very much. You know what she's 
rockin'. It's basically Alice in Wonderland. Oh, you're right. Hair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. I mean, and that's exactly what I mean. They have to like they have to draw that parallel, oh, like yeah. you know, when you're she right. does get the job. It's like, you know, what is Allie short for anything? It's like Alice. Oh well, welcome to Wonderland. And I'm like, and then they immediately put her in that powder blue that you see, you know, Alice uh, rockin' in the cartoon. Oh wow, you're seeing layers uh, to this. Oh yeah, that I, yeah, I that makes sense. <laughs> I know, and I hate it. Um, and but just and you know, and then but it's something that Steve Anton just like can't stop talking about, like during the commentary. I mean, he like says like you know with Alan coming, like you know in his first entrance, you know you he's like you have the Mad Hatter, you know bringing Alice into the into the Wonderland, and I'm like oh nope. my god, and of course they had to lean into it with that hair and everything, oh, and no. you know you you just you you see the powder blue, and then you also. And and then there's all the work use of mirrors. The mirrors. It must have been oh, a yeah. DP's nightmare. Oh my god, I know. It's just like he's just talking about mirrors and the lights because he's going for this through the looking glass Dude. um sort of, you know, take. Dude. And god, that I'm is just shooting way. And I'm over. like, but for what? I get the feeling that he yeah, he definitely thought this through a lot after the fact and added some meaning on later. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think about the mirrors, though. That actually sounds like a fucking... Yeah, it's a DP's nightmare. They even have a mirror on the stage, looking back at the stage to, like, I guess, Uh, showcase the dancers' butts, which, fine, but, man, that all must have been really terrible to film. Um, Can we talk about Cher's performance on stage for a second? Yes, please. Yes, please. Because it... There's the initial performance on stage, and that's where she's saying welcome to burlesque, which must happen at the top of every night. Um... And I bet that gets really irritating. But the second <laughs> performance is the one I need to fixate on because it's Cher, downcast, kind of downtrodden. She's about to lose the club. She doesn't know how she's going to come up with the money. She's preoccupied. She's trying to go home at the end of the night. And the sound guy is like, oh, we have to like go through this number. Do you want to show up early tomorrow or just bang it out right now? And she's like, no, no, it's okay. We'll do it right now. And she goes up on stage and he asks her, do you want a spotlight? To which she replies, yes. And then the light that he supplies, I can only describe as extremely filtered moonlight channeled through a cave. It's <laughs> the dimmest light that you could ever categorize as a spotlight. And I think that's where we're at in terms of how Cher wanted to be photographed in this movie. <laughs> Just... I mean, I think it was just like, from what I could tell from the commentary, I mean, the whole setup was an afterthought. I think that yes. was obvious. Like, they had they had this in mind that, like, Cher was going to have a solo number alone on the stage. Yep. And then they were like, oh, but we had no setup. So, oh, let's, let's come up with the setup. And it was an afterthought. A lot of afterthoughts in this movie. That came up a lot. That, commentary. And I'm like, sure. That one sort of felt like, literally, they were like, oh, Cher hasn't had a song in a while. Yeah. And then let's have a character on screen be like, hey, Cher, do you want to sing a song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then then they don't give her any choreography. They give her nothing. She's basically... Give her a chair to stand next to, like fucking Clint Eastwood at the Republican <laughs> National Convention. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. She just stands, like, ramrod straight in the middle of the stage, barely moving a muscle, certainly not in her face. No shade, Cher. I love you, but dear God. And then... 
sings oh. that thing where she's just like, yeah, it looks like you're looking into a mirror reflected back from another mirror, like in an echo chamber of mirrors. It's just so such dim lighting, so shimmery, and it's it's so funny. The song is then, like you haven't seen the last of me, but I mean, mm-hmm. at that point, you kind of haven't seen the first of her. Yeah. <laughs> speaking speaking of share and mirrors, that does bring me to the best. The best line in this movie, which is to say the worst line, I think, at least the laziest line of any movie we've watched so far, which there, she's just hired Christina Aguilera. Christina Aguilera is putting on her makeup. And Cher says, I'm going to teach you how to put on your makeup. Yes. <laughs> when you're putting on your makeup, it's like you're an artist. But instead of painting on a canvas, you're painting your face. <laughs> Thank you. But <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> <laughs> no work, no work was done. There's nothing. No work. Do you think that like a you, bot? Because the writer didn't. Oh, it feels a little like an well, AI we... script. <laughs> yeah, uh. absolutely. I know I watch 14 hours of Bob Fosse musicals. <laughs> and this is what it spit out. Yeah. And, and what's his face? Uh, Steve Anton put it, popped his name on there. Um, well, it seemed like a lot of like it was like you know there was the script, and then the actors were like, okay, well, let's we could just ad lib. This was another ad libbed moment where like Cher was like, uh, oh, well, you know, I don't really. It was supposed to be her like talking about herself and how she came to like you know be where she is. So she has a bonding mo- moment with. Ali, Christina Aguilera's character. And then Cher was like, actually, I don't really want to talk about myself. I think she should talk about her mother. Cher ends up talking about her own mother, I think, who was yeah. a model. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't oh, fact check that. She says something like she's... Yeah, and so... Yeah. Tall, blonde. So, yeah, so she's basically... She's telling the story of her model mother setting up, you know, these, um, you know, vanity mirrors in a row and uh, putting on makeup... For the small town girl that uh, has never done her makeup, doesn't before. know how to, has never worn makeup before yet, knows how to use shit ton of highlighter, um, because it's like her cheeks are just like you know just shimmering like glazed donuts. <laughs> I mean everybody's, everybody's, <laughs> but um, yeah, and it's just I don't know, but that was like another moment where it was just like the actors you know taking over, being like, okay, well there's nothing here in the script, so. I'll write something and then I'll send it to Steven and Steven sends it back and she's like, okay, I'm just going to add a little bit. And he was like, okay, just make sure you hit those points. And she was probably, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. And like, my, I'm an Oscar winner. My favorite part about that scene is it's like the only chance you might maybe kind of get to get a backstory on Christine Aguilera's character. Cause Cher opens up about her mom. She asks Christine about her mom. And then she basically says, I don't know, my mom died when I was young. And then that is a wrap on Christina Aguilera's backstory. <laughs> They never make an effort to have her act in this movie. Like, no. this movie is a vehicle for, like, show numbers on stage that also do not advance the plot. Like, no, no, no. I would say this isn't a musical in the way that we think of musicals. No. There, it is, it's just a review. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a juice just, box musical with, like, little story points in between them. But even a jukebox right. musical, the characters are singing to advance the plot, right? And, and in this case, they're, <laughs> they're not. No. It's, just, it's just a review where sometimes the songs are like, 
the background to a montage that advances the plot. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. but that that's it. And I guess that cabaret also sort of exists that way. But even then, the songs are thematically related to what's going on. In this case, this case, it's Christina Aguilera singing. Oh, by the way, she starts singing midway through the movie because she's Christina Aguilera, and that's the only way this movie makes any sense to watch. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. I have, that's it. I have two questions for you guys. Number yes. one, what year does this movie happen in? In the context of the movie, what movie does? What year does the movie think that it's happening in? Well, the Dancing with the Stars is on. So it, okay. it has to it has to take place oh, after the premiere of Dancing with the Stars, which I oh, think right. is like mm-hmm. in the 2010s, because there's a throwaway Dancing with the Stars joke for no during the auditions. Yeah, they're yeah. like, where are all the good dancers? Right. So they're because all in Dancing with the Stars. That explains why they have all these shitty dancers auditioning. Weird. I, okay. And why they accept Christina Aguilera into the fold because okay, the reason they're desperate and she won't shut up. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I ask is because there's there's the presence of a landline in a couple of scenes oh, as well yeah. as well as like a point and shoot camera which I guess around 2010 but like there's technology that didn't need to exist in the 10s that seems firmly planted in the in the early aughts late 90s that they're using in this movie and so I am, I was convinced and I didn't think about the dancing with the stars line that this was supposed to happen in like 1999 it does have a 99 feel to it. Like, right. it is it is as, like, effervescently empty as, like, everything made in 99. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And with the Madonna number over the... Yeah. Right. Yeah, they use... What's that, it? like, Steve and Anton had to have in the movie, apparently. Just really wanted Ray of Light. Uh-huh. Montage. Yes. They, Weird choice. Also, Weird choice movie. I mean, like, I like that song because of nostalgia points, but, I mean, of all Madonna's songs, weird choice for this movie. This movie does take place in a time vortex, though, so you might be onto something. Because, like, the way that this movie deals with time is completely insane. So... A lot of montage work was done. A lot of montage work, but I'm not even (laughs) talking about that. There's a couple things. We're going to jump around in the plot here, but (laughs) just bear with me. Yes. So, uh, the, the pregnant woman, sort of a lot of this revolves in the pregnant woman, like the time vortex happens somehow in like with her and things around her. So just bear with me. So the pregnant woman tells Cher that she's pregnant and then Cher gives her the, the like wooden pep talk and then like flash forward a little bit, unclear how long and they're, they're getting married and bartender who Christina Aguilera has been living with and like fighting with and they have this like, will they, won't they relationship? They hook up at the wedding. And then we get this, like, whole montage of them falling in love to a Christina Aguilera song. And, and Cher knows that Christina Aguilera has been dating Jack because she makes reference to it later. Uh, they, like, fall in love over, like, multiple iterations of lovemaking sessions. He's, he wears a hat. and He wears Cher's captain's hat in one of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, like, at, throughout that, and then the fiancé comes back who's been living in New York City... Uh, they're in Los Angeles. So, like, time has passed, and Christina Aguilera is kicked out of the house when the fiancé comes back. So I would say, like, several weeks have passed in the course of this time. Uh, enough for, like, for the fiancé to, you know, come back around, for, uh, for Cher to know about the relationship. Uh, Christina then goes to Stanley Tucci's house, 
where he and the DJ from the wedding clearly just went home together. They don't know each other's names. So, like... <laughs> oh, my all God. All of this happened... You're right. ...in the course of, like, 12 hours. <laughs> oh, my God. No way. No way. That's thing one. I'm happy yeah. to keep talking about this. There is a thing two. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So to just make that clear for anyone who didn't watch this piece of shit movie. Um, yeah. There's like a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff that should have taken place over the course of three weeks. But then you snap right back to the morning after a one night stand, like immediately. It is clearly the first time they're meeting and sobering up. That's amazing. That's so funny. Okay, so thing two, thing two, hit me. Thing two. So, yeah. So, remember how she's at the wedding? Yes. And the bride is like visibly pregnant. The, the yeah. burlesque dancer. Yeah. Because, uh, like, it's sort of oh, a shock. Oh, wow, I wasn't thing. even looking. Uh, right. So, okay. the wedding takes place, I think, about a week before, maybe even less than that, before, like, the bar is going to be foreclosed. Uh,. <laughs> All right, flash forward to the end of the movie where, like, Christina Aguilera and the bartender have gotten together. And the bartender hands her the music that he's been writing. Right. And he's like, you should sing this music. And so flash ahead to what can't be very long after. I mean, sort of, I think you're supposed to think it's, like, right then. That doesn't make that much sense. Let's give it a week. Uh, yeah. The So now we are, I would say... The, uh, two to three weeks max after the wedding. Yes. The uh, the pregnant burlesque dancer is back in the show, <laughs> absolutely oh, yeah. skinny as hell, oh. like no longer pregnant. Uh, Jumps up on a table even, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, <laughs> not just not pregnant, but like body recovered post-pregnancy. Oh, yeah. This movie Spray takes place the, in yeah. a fucking Springy. vortex. Like, time has no meaning inside burlesque. That's so <laughs> true. That is so true. Yeah, so it could be 1999 or 10 years from now, just depending on the scene. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah. It's just an accordion of time. Fluctuates. <laughs> so, I, I have other things I want to talk about, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to bogart this whole uh, thing. Oh, I remember my question number two. Uh, yeah. My question number two for you guys. Okay. Is Kristen Bell an alcoholic? Because yes, yes, within yes. The, because this movie, the entire plot hinges upon Christina Aguilera having to sub in for Kristen Bell because she is too drunk to go on stage. We have seen her have drunk. one drink that is not completed, and she's not slurring mm-hmm. her speech. She's not stumbling. She seems fit to drive <laughs> she a car. And then in every other scene, she seems like someone who maybe is a little bit of a bitch after a drink or two. And that is absolutely it. And it only escalates to like slightly more of a bitch when she gets in an altercation in the parking lot with Cher and they like have it out about loyalty. At no point does she seem like someone who would quote, pour tequila on her Cheerios as Claire states or Cher states later in the movie. Right. But like, you guys, is she an alcoholic? I didn't see her drinking to, ever. I, mean, I think she maybe sometimes well, has one too many. Because all the drinks were 
because all the drinks were taken away from her, from what I remember. Like, you know, the yeah. Christina Aguilera alley, like, comes when she's still a waitress, like, it comes back to backstage, has a whole tray of drinks for all the performers, mm-hmm. and I guess, uh, you know, uh, Kristen Bell's character ordered two shots of tequila, because, uh, you know, uh, product placement. And, um, and shares like, what is this? And she's like, that's my shot. And she drinks both of the shots in front of her. Yeah. She right. says, Cher is and much then more later, an alcoholic. Then, Cher is like drinking to drown her problems constantly. Yeah. Cher's yeah. an alcoholic yeah. for sure. Right. Kristen Bell might be an aspiring alcoholic. People keep getting in her way. <laughs> yeah. I it's feel... like always late. Yeah. I, the, the antagonists in this movie are very funny when you zoom out to look at it. One is yeah. Kristen Bell, mm-hmm. who's a very capable performer who just wants to do her job and does it very well and is bothered by a person replacing her. Uh, yep. And it's, like, mm-hmm. sometimes shitty, but, like, you know. Like I said, a little bitchy after a, a drink bitchy. or two. <laughs> and, and the other yeah. is a real estate developer who is trying to pay, to bail out a failing local business with way more money than it is worth. Yeah. Like, and that... And that's the other, and like, he has no nefarious plot. Like, there's not a thing that he's in, he's like, he's not bilking the the burlesque venue. He's like not secretly behind it, which is what I definitely expected. He's he's just a, a real estate developer who's offering them way above market value for their place. According to Cher at one point, she says that in terms of the money that they owe, we would have to fill Dodger Stadium for a month to come up with the cash we oh need. God. Guys, That's what so is money. this business model? It's burlesque. <laughs> it's a small, tiny burlesque club that operates seven nights a week. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. They, they had to finance their fucking Hedron Collider to create their time vortex inside of the burlesque. <laughs> and that shit ain't cheap. It's not cheap. I just think that no, maybe Cher shouldn't own this asked. club anymore. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you should we take yeah. the $2 million, Cher. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe she doesn't deserve to own this club anymore if she owes enough money that the Dodgers uh, Dodger Stadium needs to be filled for 30 days. Yeah, I mean, and nobody opinion. asked her to totally rethink the show and, and revamp it centering only on this, you know, um, new performer that you've known for how long? I don't know. Yeah. But there's that moment where she's like backstage being like, okay, forget everything. We're going to rehearse a whole new show tomorrow. We're going to rehearse all day. And yes. we'll, we'll have this new show. And it's just going to be Allie singing. One day. And, and everyone's totally on board. And by the way. Even and, the DJ who's like now out of a job because he doesn't have to put on the lip syncing <laughs> tracks anymore. And by the way, People's every like, yeah, song. All right. Every song is going to be about burlesque. So you're going to go to yeah. burlesque. And every song you see is going to have the word burlesque in it over and over again. Imagine going to a club and Makes sitting sense. down and oh having song after song be, you are at a burlesque show. This is a burlesque show. Yes. Do you like our burlesque show? <laughs> Next song, welcome to a burlesque show. This is a great burlesque show. Here's what you do at a burlesque show. Okay, and then, and then, for good measure, let's pepper in one song about going to the dentist. Because that song is in the movie. (laughs) That song's bananas. Oh my gosh, you're right. About, like, having deviant sex at your dentist. It's about the dentist being very tall. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Megan Mullally. Yes, it was Megan Mullally voice. Thank you. I read that. That's awesome. See, like, there's a lot of star uh, power that deserved its day in the sun, and this movie, um, I will say, very fun and flashy, and I think that little kid Michelle would have been pretty pumped on this, on how much costuming and lights and, like, rap- rapid movement and dancing and stage stuff was going on. I would have been pretty down with that. It's everything else that just feels like it's not a movie. Yeah, it's, it's not a, pretty, a movie. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good concert with like a really bad like after school special movie in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's a couple other things that I would like to talk about in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things that people say. Because, again, <laughs> the script is very troubling. <laughs> so, one, the, like, the real estate developer at some point introduces her to this musician. Uh, named Harold Saint. And Christina says, Harold Saint, you work with Etta James. You work with Etta James. And, like, I just love the idea of meeting a stranger and telling them a famous person that they worked with. And, like, that's the way that you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, great, yeah. that's a regular human way to meet somebody. The Perfect. other thing mm-hmm. is there's this moment where, like, Stanley Tucci eventually goes home with this DJ. Uh, but there's a moment at the wedding where the DJ's like looking at the table and it's him and this black woman character. Mm-hmm. And the black woman mm-hmm. character says, that DJ keeps looking at me. <laughs> and Stanley Tucci says, maybe he's mm-hmm. cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh. Yeah. That's her name. That's her stage name. Is That's it? That's her stage name. I'm yes. still not. Yes. That's yeah. because at the, the very beginning, know. at the very beginning, when Christina Aguilera first spots this club, there is a woman outside standing on like the terrace or balcony or whatever. And she makes eye contact with Christina Aguilera and kind of like gives her a little wave and like is being friendly. And then a guy who's presumably like a stage manager comes out and he goes, Coco Puffs, you're on it next. Was Stanley Tucci. Oh, was it? Was yeah, it, it Stanley, Stanley Tucci? Okay. Yeah. So Stanley, yeah, yeah. he mm-hmm. calls her Coco Puffs and tells her that she's on next. And then I think they refer to her again by that name. So it's like, okay, okay, okay. Less, it's it's less racist it than it, it came off in that scene, but I'm not saying that it wasn't racist to call her that in the beginning, though. <laughs> right, the screenwriter did decide yeah. that this black woman character's name was going to be Cocoa Puffs. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I you know, there's one more thing I want to talk about, but I, like, I'm happy to, to, to step back for a second, see if, you know, give, give space for other dialogue on this fucking disaster. Yeah. Definitely a low light for me. That yeah, that's a low light. What What were your guys? Did you have highlights? What were some highlights? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, highlights, low lights. <laughs> I think. Uh. I think my highlights were were things that were definitely not meant to be in the movie. There's like a scene where it feels like the it's like Stanley Tucci and Cher in a dressing room, and like the action of the scene has wrapped up, and Christina Aguilera has left the room, and then the, the camera just stays on them for about. 15 extra seconds and Cher's just like kind of pawing through some clothes and goes oh this dress is for no one and then Stanley Tucci says something like oh that would you know the only there's only one woman who could pull that off and she's like oh you and then he jumps up and wraps his legs around her waist and it's like it's honestly adorable and I loved it because it just feels like two friends screwing around Stanley Tucci is carrying every scene he's in just like on his manly back for sure yeah Share uh, breaking Kristen Bell's window with a tire iron. I thought was pretty good. That was fun. Like it was unearned, but whatever. Like it was nice. Yeah, nice it was fun. fun moment. Action. 
Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. K- Kristen Bell as a villain is a hard sell because mm-hmm. she might be like the most Cupid doll esque of leading starlets. Like she she looks like like she was created in a lab to disarm enemies with her cuteness, <laughs> and then that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they give her dark hair, so I mean that's clearly yeah, she, she is in a wig. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely a wig. Um, I don't know. There was, there just so many moments between Stanley Tucci and Cher that I just thought were really, were really sweet. Like, you know, it, it felt like the scenes that they had together, you know, it's, it's like everybody knew to just give a step back and like, let them just fly, you know, with actual chemistry, Hmm. you know, even in the smaller moments, like there was some moment where he like comes up to her after she's had some altercation or argument with, um, Christine Aguilera and he like hands her, these costume pieces that need mending. He's like, these desperately need your glue gun because she's not good at sewing. She just puts everything. Oh, that's pretty cute. Glue gun. I thought it was really sweet, mm-hmm. and it was just it had you know really sweet you know community theater vibes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There was some there was some stuff that were like the little moments, and like you know, there's no knocking Christine Aguilera's voice and performance skills that was fun for a while it just oh okay you guys this movie is so long but did you feel like it really ended abruptly <laughs> yes <laughs> okay it's crazy i just kept being like oh my god this movie has so much movie to go oh there's a lot more movie left in this movie and then the credit suddenly came across the screen and i was like it's over who just said that why would i say that but i also <laughs> i know and and the most unremarkable like closing credit sequence yeah i was like i wrote i was just like i really expected more with this mm, it's just like, over they just run the credits while they were singing the burlesque song yeah it's all it's like you know it's not like, the song's not even over yet and then the credits are just there <laughs> people just like the credits are you there. walking out of the theater as quickly as you can right <laughs> but i i want to zoom in on alex you talked about like how this is like a bunch of different movies like, I want to talk about the two different movies in the scene right before Christina Aguilera and the bartender have sex. Because there's, like, this weird, like, sexy farce. It's like, he keeps going back and forth into his bedroom. With this, like, light, do-do-do-do-do-do music. And then, on a fucking dime. Well, one thing, he's naked in the last one. And then, on a dime, he's put his pants back on, and now it's time to make moves on Christina Aguilera. Which I guess is classy. Oh, and uh, I guess. And the music is suddenly like strings and like it all slows down and the lighting changes and like fucking the most whiplash. Like, yeah. Those, those were the same scene? Those were in the yeah. same movie? Accordion the mm-hmm. whole time. Can't figure out what to it's do. It's a whole accordion. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it felt like, I mean, the whole story you know, him going in and out of his bedroom with, like, you know, the cute onesie PJs and then slowly stripping them off. I mean, that was, like, that was one of the true actual burlesque numbers. Yeah, totally. Of the whole movie. Totally. Yeah, that's you true. Know, that's true. That's... <laughs> but they ruin it. They ruin the whole rule of three because he comes out on the fourth moment mm-hmm. um, with, like, you know, the black spandex to put the moves on. Christina Aguilera and also the all the whole comedic effect is just totally ruined because he it's it's kind, I'm sorry I just didn't find him 
charming. No, he sucks. <laughs> his his character really. is a piece of shit, by the way, because by the end of the movie, Chris, the only way you could possibly save this bar is like, yeah, this like rich benefactor guy who wants to buy up the property and use it for who cares what. And he's also kind of wooing Christina Aguilera, but at no point is he like an evil dude. He's just a, a property developer. And um, no, yeah, he's just yeah, he's just it's like kind of a wealthy good guy. Yeah, he seems fine. Mm -hmm. And then so the whole time she's living with this like engaged guy who it's very dubious whether or not he's told his soon to be wife that he's living with like a beautiful young singer. But he's like gaslighting bedroom apartment. Yeah, he's gaslighting everyone because he's like, oh, you should mm-hmm. not be going out. I guess you just care about staying out all late and going out with this guy. He's no good for you. And she's like, he's not bad guy. I'm allowed to do what I want. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? Good job, movie. It's really not that bad of a situation. She can go out and stay out late with a man who has money and seems to be doing something responsible with it. And then he, like, gets in a fight with his fiance on the phone and says, like, oh, well... You're not you. You're gonna come back in a couple of weeks. Well, maybe I'll be doing something different by then. And then looks at Christina Aguilera, yeah, and he's like, just we, like, "Fuck boy, fuck boy." Yeah, fuck boy. Oh. he's like thinking about. He's like, "We should think about our futures." And I'm probably looking at mine right That's now. That's what it was. Like, didn't you just didn't you just have a fight with her like the night before? He's a bad and guy. And you're just like, "Oh, annoying roommate." And now you're looking at her, and it's like she's my future wife. Right. And like what? And then they <laughs> fuck. And she's like, well, what about your fiancé? he's like, what fiancé? And that's somehow supposed to be reassuring. I think the movie believes Uh, it's reassuring. Right. And the whole time, it's intercut with this, uh, you know, dream girl's, you know, number of Christina Aguilera in this beautiful green satin dress. Mm -hmm. And she looks totally flawless. And she's singing about finding, finally finding the perfect man. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, you're just referring to the guy who just, you know left his fiance of how many years like on a dime and is immediately yeah you know in bed with somebody else and and determined to forget his fiance's name oh yeah and he emotionally manipulates every woman he comes into contact with because he's a piece of shit he's a bad character but there's so many bad characters and i just i feel like i wanted the movie to be a little bit worse for as yeah. bad as it was <laughs> I wanted it yeah. to shoot for the stars. It kind of ended up being not a movie, but I wanted it to be actually shittier, though. So here's a fun fact about this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Picture, for yeah. Best Musical or Comedy. Oh, my God, you're right. It won a Golden Globe that year as well for Best for Original song? song. But that mm-hmm. doesn't count because that's for a song, and that's all this movie can provide what? its audience. It got nominated. Sorry, which song? Yeah. Welcome Easy. to Burlesque or Burlesque, Burlesque, Burlesque. Or this is a I Burlesque don't remember. Meeting. Yeah, I actually don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Or Express or whatever. Oh my God. Uh, oh my God. Uh, I, I did learn that Christina Aguilera wrote a few of the songs for this movie. So that's, it's, if, if nothing else, it doesn't showcase her acting prowess, but she sure does what she normally does best in this movie. No, you know, but this was like her first acting gig. Yeah. I believe. It's fine. She's no. not the worst part of it, for sure. No. Yeah, no. The worst part of it is Cher. Uh, so, <laughs> oh. one of the theories, I guess, of why one, it was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy was that... Because fucking, like, the goddamn Hollywood <laughs> Foreign Press Association is so openly corrupt 
that they're just like, here's free tickets to see Cher. And they're like, great. We'll nominate your garbage movie for best picture of the year. Because we all want to go see Cher in Vegas. Yeah, the production, yeah, the uh, the studio gave, gave the press freebies to go watch her perform at her residency. And it's the most... It's the most transparent oh. and just like, I mean, am I even mad? I'm not even mad. I'm just yeah, disappointed. Yeah, I kind of respect it. It's kind of like, just own it. Just be like, well, more money, yeah. please. My money. Money, <laughs> <laughs> please. My money. In Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, so that happens. Um... Yeah, but uh, I just I just remember you know seeing the posters you know on the subway and being like that looks like it could be fun yeah and then yeah. just it got totally panned but then it got then it got nominated yeah and and won a Golden Globe apparently so God you know, yeah did well would uh that happened would would y'all uh, want some plot keywords yes please. <laughs> Okay, so the first plot keyword... Uh, There's got to be panties all over it. So oh, I, yeah. I do want to give y'all a chance to guess the first plot keyword. It is not panties. I will give you it. It is not panties. Okay, I'm going to... Okay. I'm going to think. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be body part related, but we're going to go with... Hmm. Um falling furniture because that is also that was one of my highlights like they just wanted to abuse every piece of furniture in that side oh yeah also she pours from champagne on a fucking grand piano in this movie oh yeah oh which i don't think you're supposed to do that's right the first plot keyword of this movie burlesque is burlesque um so uh so i'll I'll keep going though uh homosexual subtext uh, backstage, male objectification, uh, looking for a job, Hollywood vanity mirror, <laughs> regular customer, financial trouble, cleavage, business offer, rainy day, flying <laughs> makeup, man wears a tank top. <laughs> Are you reading these in order or did you cherry I am, pick? I am reading these in order. I'm, I'm no. skipping a couple, but I'm reading these man in order on the way down. No. Woman wears lingerie, leggy chick, leggy woman, sexy woman, sexy legs, blonde woman, slender woman, thin woman, slender attractive woman, thin attractive woman, slender and attractive. Why do I get the sense that it's one guy just sweating through a t-shirt, typing as fast as he can? It's it's fun because when you look at it straight, like every plot keyword... Has, is this relevant underneath it? So when you read it, it sort of looks like, leggy chick, is this relevant? Leggy woman, is this relevant? Sexy woman, is this relevant? Okay. We're, we're going to keep going. Check, 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 uh, check, check. Uh, F-rated. Don't know what that means. I don't know what uh, that means at all. What? Barefoot, bare-chested male, bare-butt, male nudity, air rights, putting on nylons, Jägermeister, <laughs> Uh, chew on a motorcycle, blowing out candle, fan dancer, pearl costume, morning sickness, carrying a woman, wanted, <laughs> hiding money, riding bus, riding bus, riding uh, bus. <laughs> she rode a 
bus at the beginning of the What came right after riding bus? Uh was that? What came right after you said riding bus? Oh god, where did riding bus even go? Oh no. Uh, uh Did you I just thought her thought I heard you say just the word hot. Oh, legs. Legs, legs is what I said next. Yes. Uh, real estate agent. Buyout. Transvestitism. Hmm. <laughs> I'm uh, clear if that's a real word, but I, I kind of like it. <laughs> premarital sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Sex. It's only premarital <laughs> if you're planning on getting married. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, male-female relationship, love triangle, Los Angeles, California. There yes. we are. Oh, yes. title spoken by character. Obviously, title spoken by every character the entire <laughs> time. Title spoken every 94 seconds. Welcome to burlesque. This is burlesque. How do you burlesque? God. Jesus Christ. God damn what it. What a for shit movie. Oh, man. Well, I'm yeah. sure parents have something to say about this particular work of cinema. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, the oh, the parent. Okay, sorry. Uh, you know the parents. <laughs> parents guide. As a PG thirteen movie, like there's some good stuff. It, I'm, I'll give you a, a, like a heads up. It's not the plot keywords are really where it's at. The parents guide does have some good stuff. Okay. Uh, okay. Sex and nudity, mild. Uh, Eighteen of sixty six found this mild. By the way, uh, <laughs> no upper or lower uh, lower female nudity. Some buttocks shown in brief style underwear and some cleavage. One instance of male nudity. Full rear nudity with buttocks clearly visible and one instance of frontal nudity with genitals obscured. Several scenes of upper male nudity. I don't know that that needs to be listed. That's just a day at the beach. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I didn't actually know that that even needed a a nod. Uh, One sex scene. Some upper male nudity during the sex scene. No female nudity. Uh, a woman tells her boss that she slept with her husband the night of the honeymoon. Man, this is really reaching. Whoa, that's really specific, oh, and I wow. didn't remember that. Yeah, Kristen Bell well, says she that took she, it uh, back later. Fuck oh, Peter Gallagher. That's what she says in the parking uh, lot. Yeah. Right. Uh, Peter Gallagher. Peter Gallagher also like yeah, this movie really is stacked. Peter Gallagher. I know Peter Gallagher is in this movie. I feel like he was wasted too. He just plays like what is he mm-hmm. like a. It's the most sad sack character. It's like Paul Giamatti in a wig, this character. It's just like... All he wants to do is convince Cher to sell the club to some guy. And every scene is him... For a million dollars! It's reasonable! It's totally a legit legit want and need from uh, Peter Gallagher. And he's just looking perpetually greasier and more disheveled, trying to get the point across that maybe she's not going to own this business much longer. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Uh, Yeah. Violence and gore. A woman smashes the window of a young woman's car. Correct. Yep. <laughs> uh, alcohol, drugs, and smoking. One character smokes three out throughout, and uh, another briefly smokes. Many characters consume various alcoholic drinks throughout, and at least one character is an alcoholic. Drinking yeah. occurs at various locations, ranging from <laughs> the burlesque to a wedding. I have beef with that. They do not drink various beverages. There is one beverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> One particular, but they do, they drink it many times in different ways, but it's really just no. the one kind. It's the one kind, one, one kind of way. I, I've only seen the Patron shots. Yeah. 
Oh, right. It's not wow. even like... Do well, you drink a lot of Patron? Uh, Cher does have a full bottle of Patron at one point. Hell yeah. Yes, right. When she's like totally given up and she's just like, yeah, well, what, whatever. Yep. Yeah, we're, damn. We're all going to die. Cher is in and such then a glass house that alcohol like, is right. Yeah, and she she has the smokiest, most dimly lit office I have ever seen. It's like covered in orange velvet curtains and it looks like someone just dipped their thumb in a tub of Vaseline and just did a <laughs> on the lens and we're like, all right, rolling. <laughs> Oh my god, that's the whole movie. I feel like every time the the camera is on Cher, it's just a film of like gel. Here's or Vaseline. Do you think that if you were Even to encounter her, like he's... if you saw her in the wild, would she appear in focus? Or when you get a certain amount of work done, are you just perpetually a little <laughs> out of focus, <laughs> like a bobblehead, yeah. smoothed out, just not a lot of harsh uh-huh. lines, just like like a like a gradient. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I expect so. It's in her writer. Yeah, that's on her. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, uh, man. Um, well, thank goodness we got so a heads up on I, all that upper male nudity. Yeah, that's the first time oh, I've seen that one. Oh, God. <laughs> so many times, yeah. too. So many times. And... Um, I have, uh, wait, so what do y'all usually do? You do plot keywords and... I feel like we usually wrap up figuring out which of these bad, which of these wonderful multidimensional characters we would like to play. We can't all say Stanley Tucci, by the way. We're not allowed to all say Stanley Tucci. Yeah, no, we can't say the Tucci because it's, it's too unilateral. We gotta pick, gotta pick someone else. Um... I do have a cheeky request, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hit me. Um... Sorry, just total fangirl moment. Um, if could this movie be saved? Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, and I'd love to extend that to if it were your movie. Oh, okay, yeah. What would you do? Yes. <laughs> okay, I think that this movie loves to borrow and it loves to just blatantly rip off other movies. So why not lean into it but just make it darker like the whole deal with showgirls is that it got dark and all about drug use and like crime and that made it 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 wasn't a good movie but it made it interesting and it took a turn like something happened to the plot where it did something and it stopped just being bright lights on a stage and everybody looking like they're greased up in vaseline so i think i would go darker Mm -hmm. so so Mm -hmm. there i think i can i think i can save this movie so uh Okay. There's a scene where uh, Christina Aguilera is watching Kristen Bell sing, I think, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. And she yeah. then, like, goes into her head, and she's singing Diamonds Are the Girl's Best Friend. And <laughs> from there, I think she should murder her lover and then get represented by Richard Gere in a trial of the century uh, while she becomes friends <laughs> with Kristen Bell. And then they go and become Chicago land... Uh, jazz stars together and be, have to be directed by Rob Marshall and actually star uh, Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones and I think that would make a pretty good movie. I have... <clears throat> I think you'd win an Oscar. Okay. I have a Too Many Cooks-esque uh, solution to this boring movie problem. 
so Christina Aguilera is watching Kristen Bell sing Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, and then we go into the fantasy sequence of her singing the song. <laughs> so then, oh God. like, yes. she's doing a great job, and she's really popping on stage, but who's that in the shadows? It's Kristen Bell watching her steal the stage. And so then we go into her fantasy sequence of her maybe performing a violent act against Christina Aguilera and taking the stage away from her. And while she's in the middle of that fantasy sequence, guess who makes a triumphant comeback? Christina Aguilera, who's stronger than she looks. (laughs) In her own fantasy sequence, she's the strongest, and she's actually performing martial arts while she's performing, what's that called? Burlesque? Except there's a dark ninja waiting in the wings. (laughs) Guess who it is? Would you watch this movie? I would 100% watch this movie. <laughs> and, you, and, it's just, and it's just Christina's and Kristen's all the way down, all the way down. And then you pepper in a tooch because why not? And he's got his own thing, but he can't last long because the Christina's and the Kristen's are too powerful. Cher oh is not God. present oh in God. this movie. <sighs> but she does get no. first billing, though. <laughs> She actually gets only billing. No one else is mentioned on the cover of this film except Cher. And then all of it turns out to be a dream that happened in her head at the end of the movie. Oh, my God, uh, yes. Thoughts? Notes? That's, and that's burlesque. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's proper. That's the greatest movie I've ever seen. For <laughs> burlesque. Alex? I guess I better oh get God. writing because that's a that's a sequel that's begging to be written. This is burlesque too, daydream boogaloo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Alex, how would you save this movie? Yeah, Alex is here up. Oh God, I really can't. You made that's, us do this. Oh, hard, hard to follow that. I know. I didn't even think of it honestly, so really didn't do my homework. Probably switch Kristen Bell and Christina Aguilera. Solid. Mm-hmm. And um, so Christina Aguilera lip syncs the, the whole time. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. behind. <laughs> she's she's in front of the curtain. It's a singing in the rain moment. So we've got we're we're just like doing a you know parody of every single number of every musical that's ever existed, but make it burlesque. Mm. <laughs> I kind of mm. like that. That would be fun. I like that. I mean, the, it just but the but the leaning into the you know just just a, a, the parody of of everything, and I think just I think Elizabeth Berkeley has to make an appearance. <laughs> Kyle MacLachlan uh, shows um, you know Jack uh, his um, amazing um, hair from Showgirls, and then he adopts the eyeliner that that mm. Jack puts on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then the the three of them. Oh yeah, when I say three, Kyle McLaughlin, uh, Jack, what's his face, and Alan Cumming, um, have to have a trio. And um, and then Stanley Tucci goes in there. And uh, yeah, you know, it's just basically, <laughs> it's a mess of review numbers, which is what it wanted to be. Yeah, yeah and I'm good no with thought. it. I think just own it, right? Yeah. Just be that movie. Be that. Just be that movie. Club's not in danger, you know? 
Yeah, actually, we don't have to talk about air, right? Less plot. I don't think. Yeah, it's less plot. Less plot. Drastically less plot I than know, the zero plot. Let's just go minus plot, negative plot. Yeah, I like it. I'm negative on board. Plot or the you know Groundhog Day situation that Michelle came up with. Oh, I love it so much. Like, yeah, that is probably the only way to save it. Or you just do a uh, pure redo of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, except all the Bee Gees oh, are doing Lord. burlesque. Oh. Robin Gibb can support some stilettos. I mean, those tiny, those tiny games. Was Robin Gibb the like the the crazy aunt? He's uh, the yeah. He's the one with yeah crazy teeth and the high voice. Well, I guess they all have the high. No, voice. the high he voice. Was the he's lead the one singer. that like. Oh, okay. No, so what was there was the one that like. Looked like somebody's kooky aunt. He's like the one that yes. didn't have. Okay, that's right. Robin Gibb. Oh, yeah. uh, right, Barry Gibb is the lead. Yeah, Barry Gibb's the only one that could God. be good looking. That movie, uh, and then they came <laughs> out with the, the Bee Gees documentary. That's only. Oh yeah, have you seen it? It's excellent. It's so good. Oh, did that's they mention a... Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band in it? No. What the fuck? <laughs> It was it was completely they wiped the slate clean and they did not even I don't remember it even mentioned. They like so they funny. had in the clouds it where it's just like impossible to find. Oh uh, my god, it's so funny. Yeah, I actually I meant to tell you about that. It's just not in the movie. <laughs> Good movie though. Um yeah, oh you god. find you find friends if you were to be a character in this movie, uh not Stanley Tucci. Who you gonna pick? Mm-hmm. I think you gotta go with the DJ that fucks Stanley Tucci. Oh God, you stole <laughs> it! <yesterday. laughs> as you get close as you can Stanley get to Tucci. the Tucci. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Mark, Mike, what's his name? Both. Yeah, Mark. Both. Yeah, you get to sleep with Stanley Tucci and then have lunch with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be the pregnant burlesque dancer because I want to find out what happened. I think she might be able to crack whatever's going on in that time continuum. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. my body would be going through wild and fluctuating changes. <laughs> and I could just kind of write down a journal if, if, yeah, if you're allowed to keep um, a linear log of what's happened to you in the context of this world and just report back for science. Mm-hmm. Maybe the baby unexisted. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not that she had the baby, but maybe it just ceased to be part of the movie. And it was just, <laughs> it, it just, they went backwards again, backwards in time, back to the time before when she wasn't pregnant. What if she, what if? <laughs> These are the questions I need answered. What? What if Christina Aguilera is the babe? Because Christina Aguilera doesn't know anything, right? <laughs> you never see them in the same scene. <laughs> no, you never see I the mean, baby hey, you know what? You see that woman in the in the in the picture with uh, baby Christina Aguilera throughout the movie, and I'm I'm sorry, the woman in that picture and pregnant um burlesque dancer uh if you if you put them side by side i don't know that profile you know that's true pretty pretty similar yeah that's true i I think it tracks i'm gonna i'm gonna find out i'm going in i'm going in (laughs) and we're gonna find some shit out i don't want to live in this horrible universe where it's just christina's and Kristen's hiding in the wings and everyone's a a captive of uh an unruly space-time continuum but like Guys, I'm willing to do it for us. 
Thank you so much. Why not? Yeah. Might as well. I would probably be the fiance um, that, uh, you know, gets uh, gets to enter and uh, tear more shit apart in that um, crappy apartment. Yeah. Natalie. And, um, you know, give off a, a sassy line and then leave and leave the whole world of burlesque behind because I've got a show in New York. Yeah. To um, run three more months with. So totally. I mean, you're a working yeah. actress in New York in this scenario and and doing quite well for yourself, mm-hmm. as I understand from the movie. That's a solid choice. Yeah. And I think and I think on Glee, the the, the woman who, who plays the fiance <laughs> is Diana Agron, Agron, however you say her name, who was like one of the cheerleaders on Glee at that point. Oh, hmm. there you go. Well, yeah. yeah. Fun fact. Then, yeah, that seems there like the go. person to be. Be hanging out with Jane Lynch every day. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been delightful. <sighs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on our little podcast. It's so yeah. nice to get another another hot take on some hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This has really been a lot of fun. It's been, uh, you know, I, it's like... It's just nice to, it, well, it's nice to catch up with y'all and just, uh, you know, nice to dive into, you know, things that uh, are, you know, usually perceived as, as trash, but y'all find um, something very delightful I love <laughs> in it. all of them, even the bad ones, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, this was a lot of fun, and I'll just continue to hold out for hoping, um, you know, either Kristen Stewart or... Uh, Robert Pattinson win an Oscar so we can tear a Twilight apart. If only. So. That's yes. going to happen at some point. Patton, one of them's due, for sure. I'm, I'm pulling for it. They're going to start doing sure. some indie stuff, and then I get to talk about demon vampire babies, which is all I want in this world. <laughs> As you know. Well, I want to talk demon vampire babies and, um, you know, really bad, you know, special effects. Uh, running really fast. You know, running through. Running really fast. Really, really fast. And uh, what else? Uh, just and and uh, wolf um, CGI. Telepathic wolf yeah. conversations, which is the only kind <laughs> I plan on having from now on. So yeah. Boy, Twilight, I have no I idea what my white talking whale. about. See, yeah, this is why we got it. We got to have an Oscar <laughs> winner so that we can all sit around and just talk about vampires, sparkly vampires. Mm-hmm. This is my white whale. Yep. Well, until then, (laughs) I'll be Henry. I will continue to be Michelle. Alex will be Alex. I'll be, I'll continue to be Alex. Just, uh, you know, listen to y'all in my kitchen and laughing along. And as you do, Alex, remember to experiment and fast forward to the future of that.